Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome in, pro wrestling fans. Here on a Saturday, it's time for Busted Open. I am your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell, and I have with me today as my tag team partner, the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, and for the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. And in this best of edition of Busted Open, we got a special lineup for you, including a ton of talk about the ladies. Yeah, last night on SmackDown, we got a great glimpse of the future of what it might hold for Bianca Belair and Bailey as they went to war and as we talk about Friday Night Smackdown an appearance from one Sasha Banks the question is Friday Night wasn't the only appearance for Sasha Banks on WWE television though she also appeared on Disney Plus as the star of The Mandalorian in the season finale of The Mandalorian which begs the question how much longer is Sasha Banks going to be around the WWE because her star has never been higher so we hit the ladies we also dive deeply into this matchup between roman reigns and kevin owens roman reigns elevating everybody in the company including jay uso kevin owens and hell you know what even paul Heyman. and that's not it it wouldn't be a saturday episode of busted open if we didn't give you weekly winner where we give you our best show in the week that was of professional wrestling and hey you might want to tune in for this one there might be a surprise so sit back relax click play on that browser let's get it going on a saturday this bus you heard it right there the audio kevin owens and roman reigns continuing their story last night in in what was the go home show heading into tlc full tlc breakdown coming throughout the show but uh tommy i just i loved what i saw last night in so many reasons for you know kevin and Roman and the work that they've been doing. But again, it it almost felt like it took another step last night with, you know, Roman having this promo. I mean, first of all, you, you hit it. There weren't a lot of matches on SmackDown last night, Tommy. It was a lot of promo work and shit. What the first half hour of the show was really just Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens going back and forth, whether it be in separate uh, 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 promos in the ring or backstage segments. It really was the Roman and Kevin show uh, throughout the majority of the two hours last night on Fox or, or Fox sports one. Don't know if I was a fan of Kevin constantly getting his ass handed to him. Okay especially if the payoff is he's losing a TLC. Well, doesn't that make it easier for him to take the pin? Like it's not Otis getting, you know, the four minute victory over Shinsuke, at least when Owens gets pinned on Sunday, it'll because he has been getting the crap kicked out of him for weeks. My, you can only get your ass kicked. So, and you can only get your ass kicked so many times and okay. as well. And you're talking to a guy who's gotten his ass kicked a lot of times. You're talking to a guy who got pinned um, 
for three years by the same person, though I went away from that person, but he still was always a thorn in my side talking about my feud with Raven. But what I'm saying is it, there's so many times where it could be fool me once, you know, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on, no, shame on you, then shame on me. He kept on going after it and kept on getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would have liked to have seen, even though he's getting his ass kicked, a giant one last with the tables on top of him, raw, you know, tips over that table that's on top of him, gets up, super kicks the one. Uh, Roman could charge him, even though there's a lot of chairs and all that stuff, but you could always make a lane, uh, charge him with a chair, duck, give him his big sky high thing that he does. Um sit out power bomb onto the chairs both go down selling and it's like what are we gonna see this sunday night at tlc you have to give him some sort of hope if he's going and injured then when yes for your show you're going to see it as well he was injured um but he kind of caused that injury because he kept on coming back to get his ass kicked and he did not accomplish it he didn't fight back I'm just saying I like to give my baby face, uh, who was Kevin Owens, a very, very believable baby face, a little bit more hope that he's actually going to win because I really don't know. And maybe if, you know, the nation out there, I don't think anyone feels that Kevin Owens is going to win against Roman Reigns on Sunday. Okay. I like that. I mean, I, I like it because we disagree a little bit, but I also like it because, I mean, I think there is some commonality to be had there, right? Like I think generally – uh, when you talk about giving the fans a little bit more from your baby face, I'm, I'm 100% with you. What I like, though, about specifically last night and the ass-kicking that Owens took was it just – I mean, hell, Tommy, a couple months ago, Kevin Owens was kicking off pre-shows, right? So the fact that he finds himself now back in the main event, and really, for me, at least my, my takeaway, and I love this because and – I, and I hope the listeners enjoy this as well – the varying opinions and the differing views that we have, obviously the legend, the man who has booked and, and produced pro wrestling for decades, right? And Tommy dreamer and a guy who's done none of that. And just is watching it through a completely different lens with myself. Um, it was good to see Kevin Owens back to being Kevin Owens, not pre-shows, not, you know, random feuds that, you know, aren't going to pan out after three weeks, right? This feels like substance. It feels like something that we can sink our teeth into. And for me, it was nice to have a reminder to the WWE universe, just who Kevin Owens is, right? You got a view I, I, a few years ago when Kevin drilled, uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon and the left that dent in his forehead, like Kevin Owens is a psychopath. Like, he's insane. He's crazy. You can't kill Kevin Owens. That's what I liked about last night. And again, it was Roman Reigns elevating and taking a guy who for the last, again, few months, what's Kevin Owens' role been? Like, how has he been utilized? We all love Kevin Owens. We all want to see him in the biggest spots. Roman Reigns takes him and is now reminding people what makes him so special. And in the course of this story, Tommy, what makes him special is his utter toughness. You say you don't think Kevin Owens has a chance at winning on Sunday. You, no one actually believes he can. I would agree with you, but I think that most wrestling fans right now wouldn't expect Roman to be losing on Sunday to anyone right now. But what I think we got was a window into a guy in Kevin Owens that we haven't seen in a very long time. And I got to credit Roman Reigns for that. He took Jay Uso, Tommy, and made him a bona fide main event guy. Like when you saw Jay close smack down those times, you saw him on TLC, there wasn't any hesitation. You weren't like, well, does he really belong here? No, you were waiting for that story to be told, right? Hell, you could even make the argument, Tommy, 
that Roman's keeping Paul Heyman fresh, that he's elevating Paul Heyman. He's elevated Jay. He's elevated Paul Heyman. And now he's elevated Kevin Owens. And again, Tommy, if you would have told me that last year, two years ago, three years ago, when we were booing, booing Roman Reigns out of the Royal Rumble, that he would be this, this, this character, this leader, this man that is elevating an entire locker room. I don't know if I would have saw it. We're watching some special stuff. It feels like at least to me through Roman Reigns. I agree wholeheartedly. Here's how I look at things too. Okay. And, and I agree about Kevin Owens, everything that you said, where do you go from there? Yes. He elevated Jay mm. Uso. Jay is a main eventer. Jay. What is Jay now? He's a side piece. Um, that hasn't helped for the future. He's literally, uh, and, and I don't use, I don't mean this as a slight to the guy. He's Stevie Richards. He's a side piece when you just said it. Oh, he was a main eventer. He was this, this, that, but he's not being used that way now uh, with Kevin Owens. If he's not winning at <clears throat> that little burst of hope, like I just said, and just mm -hmm. spitballing it while he's buried under those tables, they go to get chairs. And again, you could create lanes with all this carnage. He tip explodes one super kick. Roman Reigns could have charged him hit a uh, duck hit his finish or Roman Reigns could have looked at him with a weapon in his hand and been like, holy, and left the ring. And then Roman Reigns is showing his ass a little bit, and he's showing fear. And Kevin Owens could have dropped to a knee and just be like, come on. And then it's like, what does this guy have to do to keep him down at TLC? Those are little different mental mind games or mental images that could last forever. You're talking about a guy to a guy who got caned for real and you have no clue the pain that I went through. Yeah. And every time I was down, I had to get up when I physically did not want to. And I did not want to get another hit. I had to get up because, for the fans. And that little moment made me pretty much started my career trajectory to become Tommy Dreamer. Even though Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens, we are see, you know, Kevin Owens right now is just left under a table uh, and we're not going to see him win. Then where do we go for him for the next Friday? Does he then go after Sami Zayn uh, for the intercontinental title? No, I think we're going to go the big E route. So there's, listen, is there places we can go with this? Yes. I'm just giving it a little better to give my baby face, someone who I really like Kevin Owens that, wow, he may just do it because I remember sitting and talking to you and we were both on the thing like, maybe Jey Uso might win this. Yeah. But I don't, I don't have that opinion that Kevin's going to win this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, I, again, I go back to, I don't know if I think would feel like anybody, even if it was Drew McIntyre doing a title for title match that they would take the belt. Like I, the, that, that inner mark in me, right. That, that, this idea that Roman Reigns wouldn't be anything other than the champion right now. So I think on some level, Tommy, that there's, there's that at play well, as well, but you raise a great question or a great uh, uh, a scenario, which is, well, what's next for Owens after this, right? Because he is going to lose on Sunday. Right. And then what do you do with his story after that? Yeah. Sammy Zayn's an option or, I mean, you could send him down a path of destruction, right? Well, I did. I tried doing it the right way. I tried, you know, uh, uh, you know, relying on my toughness and relying on my will or whatever the case may be. It just didn't work. I have to try something else. And that trying something else could be going back to maybe some old ways. 
Yeah. Uh, listen, there, there's tons of places to go yeah. with it, but he, yes, he's a top baby face. I like to keep my top acts as with that top acts. If he does not win it, he's now no longer a top act. <clears throat> Either you're going to go with, there's a lot of places you can go with him. I'm just talking about this pay-per-view. Mm. If I'm trying to sell this pay-per-view as this match, someone is going to take away Roman Reigns, gotcha. take him down because then I have to look at it where, Who's going to be my next challenger for Roman Reigns? Who's it going to be? And if you say, well, I don't see anybody on the roster doing that, then the roster hasn't been built up enough to be main eventers to take down the champ. All right. There you hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. We saw another great promo, Tommy, from the one and only Carmella. Now, we talked about it last week, uh, Carmella having a great showing on Friday night. We, we kind of talked about it in the context of, you know, this isn't someone I necessarily always or we necessarily always believed in at different points in her career. But uh, last week she showed uh, a different wrinkle. She was very stiff in the ring with purpose. The, the promo was great. And, and she continued on it last night. More good stuff from Carmella. But Tommy, it, through the course of her promo, when she came out with, with a great entrance and she's got her sommelier out there. I love the package that they're putting together for Carmella. When she grabbed the mic, she started addressing one Sasha Banks. And it was a good promo, but there was a line that she spit that was essentially is who is Sasha Banks if she's not the champ, if she's not the best? Where does her identity lie? And, Car and all I could think about, because I was a few hours removed from watching it, was, hey, Carmella, I'll tell you who Sasha Banks is. She's one of the stars of arguably the most talked about and best television series going right now, and that is The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Tommy, the season finale, I know you're a few episodes behind, so we are not going to give any spoilers. I'm just saying in a general context, the season finale was last night. And if you had any issues about Sasha not getting lines with her earlier appearance in the year or like how is she going to be used, she was featured prominently last night in the finale, including uh, some spots in terms of some action sequences that our producer Andre really liked. But Sasha Banks, uh, Tommy, is, I mean, we knew she was a star, but there are stars in professional wrestling that exist in our space. And then there are Star Wars stars, right? And commodities. This is huge for Sasha Banks. It's huge for the WWE or maybe not. Maybe it's, maybe, you know, it's great for the WWE, but maybe it's not so great. Like, because it gives more options to one of their best talents. And that's Sasha Banks. I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, I'll address the first one, Carmella. Yeah, Like you said, and I'm happy that I'm able to return because I feel like we're able to pick up our conversation from last week, which is a lot of times we don't, we're not able to do, um, became a star in her performance. The second part of her performance was something they did last night and her, her swagger to the ring, that dress that she wore the entire setup she carried herself like a star. She carried herself like a champion. She carried herself like a woman who can represent the WWE moving forward. Mm. 
And even remember when they first gave her the ball, she didn't really drop it, but the fans didn't really, really perceive it. You said it yourself. If I thought a year ago, I'd be saying Roman Reigns is the greatest performer uh, going on. Like I'd be, I, I'd be laughing at myself. This is we in wrestling, you know, we're talking about the territories wrestlers would go away to then come back and be mean even more. The Carmella transformation. If I'm looking at this and I'm Vince McMahon, I'm like, my God, look what I have here. And it's something new and it's something fresh with that. Cool. Sasha. She is Sasha Banks. Her, Charlotte, Bailey, the first three, and Becky. Think of the hottest act in professional wrestling, Becky Lynch. And I'm not talking like the hottest act in the women's division. The hottest act in the business went away. Mm -hmm. She's gone. She's having a child. She had a child. Did we, for one second, say, oh, man, I wish Becky was here? No, the business continues and rolls on. For Sasha Banks, where can she go? Like, that's a good write-off to say goodbye to Sasha. If Sasha does go the the likes of the Disney actress in, yes, the biggest. But they're probably not going to shoot for another year, year and a half for this. Right. And that year, year and a half doesn't really pay the bills. If, you know, you're, you're not part of that franchise. And, and happily that she is. And, you know, you look at the route of a Batista where Batista had to do a lot of lower films to then right. become the guardian. She's like right up in there uh, with the guard, with the Mandalorian. And hopefully it is a gig that she can go back to. Uh, and then her career would take off in the acting world. You just, uh, it's a wait and see, but if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm waiting and seeing because if any talent leaves, guess what that does? It opens up a spot for somebody else. I also, if I have Carmella and Carmella is my new champion, I could always go back to uh, Sasha and Bailey to try to fight for that number one contendership. And then in my back pocket, I have this girl named Bianca Belair, who is perhaps one of the better athletic girls, strong, charismatic. And, you know, I'm heading into WrestleMania season. Maybe I want to go with something new with a Carmella versus a Bianca Belair, or maybe if I want to go, that's what I would go with, but maybe then I'd go with Sasha versus Bianca Belair, baby face, baby face. See where that takes me. Well, you bring up Bianca Belair, uh, Tommy last night. Uh, she took an L uh, on Friday night SmackDown when she got pinned by Bailey via the Rose plant there from uh, Bailey finisher. Um, what'd you think about the match? What'd you think about the finish? We had, uh, we had, I think it was, yeah, it was Sam from Cleveland calling said he didn't like the way that Bianca was being utilized. Uh, I get that from the standpoint of time. Like she's been up now on the main roster here for a little bit. And I feel like she hasn't, you know, when you factor in Royal rumble in the year that she had, like there was a lot to be excited about. Um, maybe they haven't delivered in the way that Sam liked or that others would have liked, but I'll tell you from the, from the short glimpse that we got last night, uh, I really liked the way Bailey and Bianca looked in the ring together, just working like, I, you know, styles make fights, essentially Tommy dreamer. That's what I'm saying. Like the eye test, seeing those two work back and forth. I really enjoyed it. What'd you think? Listen, Bailey can have a great match with anyone. Yeah. Bailey could get you in the ring and make you look like a star. 
Uh, and that's not a shot at you, but you're not a professional wrestler. There's that Bailey is that good. Um, here's where I saw as a coach or someone who's doing it. They have yeah. this very, very athletic match. Once the heat is set in and we we're at a commercial break, we come out of commercial break and the announcers say Bailey has been dominating Bianca Belair. They go outside. She shoves Bailey into the steps, which injures her hips. Um, Bianca Belair is in the ring and they're both kind of down trying to beat that 10 count. And then Bianca Belair literally gets up and because she's so athletic and because she is so uh, on top of her game, she, in the wrestling business, we call it zero to hero. She totally forgot or miraculously was healed during that commercial break, even though they told us that she was beaten up the entire time. Whatever was hurting her no longer was hurting her. And the great ones sell. The great ones, the top acts will sell and it makes the match better because then later back on, after she blew this miraculous comeback, she went back down to the cell. But then that negates all that happened before that. If I'm the coach, I'm telling her that. But a lot of times, I don't know who is that coach. A lot of times, I don't know if they say that. The only reason when they say that is if Vince McMahon notices it. So you need to sell the entire beating that you received. Even if you look at UFC or boxing, dudes' faces, even if they win, their faces are beat to death or, you know, they're talking like they're winded because they are. And these are in real athletic performances. Not, I mean, real athletic fights where someone's really trying to knock you out or really trying to make you tap. In UFC, you can see when guys are working a leg and they're kicking it, you see the welts and the, the stuff on these, these people's body. And then especially if you are losing, you need to show that you have a weakness and a vulnerability because that's what, hey, if my knee didn't blow out in the middle of that match, I would have kicked your ass. Or if my back didn't get tweaked during our match, you know, on your, when you gave me this backbreaker, I would have kicked your ass. But okay, I'm going to come back. I'm going to heal up. I'm going to get, that's the art of the cell and the sympathy and everybody, everybody, top bait from The Rock, Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan. Think of, it became a joke, but the Hulk Hogan comeback when I say it became a joke, but it wasn't a joke when he first started doing it for probably two and a half years. But still to this day, if somebody starts hulking up, as we like to say, and does the you, we still all love it. Yeah. You have to constantly <laughs> always sell. Look at Ric Flair. If he was getting hit, he would check his fingers. Okay, is my do I still have feeling in my fingers, which is a real thing. <laughs> sure. And I've done it too when I get older. Like I'll take a hit and I'll be laying on the mat and I'm like, Oof, that was a rough one. And I'm like, all right, I can still feel my fingers. I could still go. You need to do that as much as the business evolves is as old school will never die. And like, look at, look at the beauty of Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre gets his ass hand to him. He's still like trying to climb that ladder to go after eight, but then he collapses where then it's like, wow, maybe he will. AJ Styles may beat him. That's the, and all, that's also the difference I'm talking about the Kevin Owens and the Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. You have, you need those little nuances. You can never forget of these injuries. Cause trust me, uh, 
the other day I went to push my car out. I went to pull it out of the snow. It got stuck. I had to call Beulah McGillicuddy in and I was like, I'll push it. I'll push it. I'm pushing my car. It rolls into the space. All of a sudden I grabbed my elbow and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is wrong with my elbow? Like, oh my God. And then it's like, oh wait, you're going to be 50. You've dropped, you've been wrestling <laughs> since you're 18 and you're trying to push a car. And that's every match I've ever had of everybody dropping something on my arm or every right. bump I've taken on my elbows. My, I wake up today, I got to put CBD oil on it just because it's hurting me that much from trying to move my car out of snow for probably 30 seconds. And the moment I did it, it was the moment I felt it pop and my biceps hurt. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's because at uh, two years ago, a show before WrestleMania, I tore my arm and I needed Tommy John surgery. I didn't get it because I'm stupid. And this all got swollen. These are factors that you will really sell. And that's how you have to go into it when you're in the ring. I guarantee you, if that lovely picture behind your head fell on top of your head during this show, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, and rubbing your head all the time, all the time. And like, we'd come back 15 seconds later, and you'd still be touching it. I mean, 15 minutes later, is there a bump here, honey? Is there a bump here? <laughs> that's real. And that's how you have to get it over to the fans. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid has stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities. What was the best show this week? You ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. Yeah, that's right, fans. You hear the music. You know what time it is. Hour three of Busted Open getting underway. It is time for Weekly winner i am ryan mckinnell back here on a saturday holding it down got as my tag team partner the innovator of violence tommy dreamer holding it down for the world's strongest man mark henry all right tommy let's get into it weekly winner where we give the fans the best show that was in the week of professional wrestling you ready to get after it sure um it's hard it is we'll go we'll go saturday to saturday first uh we had impacts uh pay-per-view solid solid show uh match of the year candidate like i i teased it for you i hope i know you saw it i hope you agree that it took chris chris bay to the next level um monday night raw was an okay show uh nothing wrong with the in-ring work uh tuesday we had uh a very very solid um Impact Wrestling, Wednesday, two solid shows from NXT and AEW. Friday, we will go with um, SmackDown. If I had to choose one, and I'm not choosing it for any biased reasons, but I'm choosing it because of something that a nation member told me about, and I had no clue what happened, and he was very emotional about it. Okay. And he said 
that at the pay-per-view of Rich Swan versus Chris Bay was the first time that two African-Americans fought for a world title since The Rock and Booker T. And the fact that it was a match of the year candidate, the fact that we didn't, uh, you, I can't say in these times you can't promote that, but the fact that nobody on impact even realized that because we don't see color, we see talent and why I love wrestling because it is nothing ever about races. Uh, it's just a world where we're just trying to entertain you. It has nothing to do with the pandemic and all these negatives. We're just, as Vince McMahon would say, trying to put smiles on your faces. I'm going to give it to Impact Wrestling because they had two stellar shows, but the one in particular was the Saturday pay-per-view because we had two, we had three awesome matches. Every match was good, but then three were off the charts between Carl Anderson and Ethan Page. Yeah. The first time ever, Deanna Perrazzo and Rosemary, which uh, great management decision that we didn't know either that it was their first time ever. <laughs> and then Chris Bay versus Rich Swan for over 35 minutes, match of the year candidate. And for the fact that it, it made history without even us knowing it made history, but the fact that a nation member told us about that and it was so special to him um i'm giving it to that pay-per-view on saturday all right well i will say this tommy we don't normally uh, interject or 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 put in the pay-per-views for weekly winner but a couple things number one saturday to saturday well i was gonna say number one you're the innovator of violence so i'm definitely not gonna argue with your ass number two uh you're you're tied into impact uh so what am i gonna say to that but number three i think which i think is the best part is that impact on tuesday was as high as it's ever been on my radar in terms of being a potential weekly winner candidate. So if you want to lump them all in and say Impact had the best week, I am not going to argue with you in the least. And it's also see- created a positive buzz. Well, it absolutely has. But how about this? Just when you go back to Impact, and there were there were fine matches that we can get to in terms of the matches, right? Like you talked about Carl uh, 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 Anderson and Ethan Page. Obviously, that happened at the pay-per-view. But uh, seeing Carl Anderson against Chris Sabin, that was cool, but it was so much cooler seeing the good brothers in the same vicinity. Gallows, Anderson, Omega, reference to the Bullet Club, a continuation of the story happening between AEW and Impact. And again, as we talk about that continuation of the story – Uh, matches good on impact. They were fine. The best parts was the mic work. I referenced uh, the good brothers and Omega, the references to bullet club, but Tony Khan and and, and Tony Schiavone uh, with that paid for advertisement and Schiavone, you know, slinging heat at access TV and impact. I loved that Tommy because it created that friction, but in a fun way. And it also, it's something shit, man. We haven't seen anything like this in a very, very long time, if not ever. So I have no qualms about you going there, man. It was a very enjoyable show. Agreed. And then the potential, what we're going to have for 2021, a match made, interpromotional. Yep. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. That's a, that's an all-Japan dream match type of thing. And again, when you talk about firsts, it's the first time that's going to happen, and you don't know if it's ever going to happen again. You really you don't. don't. And you I don't, don't either. And, and you don't know what's going to come from it as you talk about an all Japan, uh, you know, event, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, how much is Japan going to be factoring into North America as this impact and AEW and whatever the hell is going on. I don't know. Tommy says he doesn't know. I'm going to take him at his, at his I word. Don't, and I, I didn't <laughs> find out about that match being made. 
that stuff i was not there when that stuff was shot okay i was there when the wrestling match was shot but when behind the scenes thing that's a little bit of a hocus pocus there's no fans in attendance we could do whatever we want but i wasn't there i had no clue how that match was made don Callis making it a call at 3 a.m hey let's don get Callis. let's let's get let's get to the bus and and shoot this i got i'm inspired i got these ideas man no it is great to see uh don doing what he's doing and again uh, this period in time in professional wrestling fans it's really special. Like, I mean, I, I know how I feel at age 37. I can guess how Tommy feels, you know, being around this business and, and being a fan his entire life. Uh, this stuff has not happened. So I cannot wait where it is going to go and, and to see where it's going to go. And I could be texting people and, and prying for information. I'm, Tommy could be too, but Tommy, you would agree. We, I mean, do you really want to? It, it's so much more fun when you don't know what's coming. Listen, the last time this stuff went down was about 1996 slash 1997 with ECW. Yeah. And I was the main focus uh, of all this. I was the guy leading the charge. I was the Kenny Omega right. of the ECW. And I had no clue what was going on. <laughs> I literally, like Paul would say, hey, you're going to Memphis uh, next week. I'd be like, I am? He's like, yeah, I'm going to come with you. I haven't been there in a while. All right. Can Beulah come? Sure. And we, we go to Memphis for three days and we do Nashville, Memphis. That's, or we're in the back and it's like, Hey, you got to shoot promos. You're going to wrestle Jerry Lawler here. Okay. I am. All right. How much, how much do you think about, cause I mean, there's, there's a method to everyone's madness. Do you think that was Paul, uh, 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 an executive decision by Heyman to not put it out there to give you less time to think about it or give talent less time to think about it? What do you think the method was there? I think like if anyone that's ever dealt with Paul, well, okay. that Paul, there's been very, very many facets of Paul Heyman. Um, very, very not prepared slash. Okay. I know he always had a vision, but he was, I would always call him like he was the latest person ever or like very, very last minute uh, stuff like that. And when you deal with situations like that, they're so volatile, they can blow up in your face at any any part. And, and, you know, years later, we find out that, you know, he was in Vince's pocket. So that's one thing. But I remember even like going down there and like, uh, you know, talking with Jerry Lawler and he'd be like, oh, I don't care about WWE. This is this is my company and this is what we're doing here. And I was like, OK, and there we had three companies involved with Jerry Lawler's USWA, ECW and WWE volatile situations. And that's, you know, when I said it on the air and I said it on, on television, I said it here, egos will, will blow these things up, you know, through the history of the wrestling business, it, it has. And it's funny, even Tony Khan on the holiday party, uh, he was like, Tommy, I'm surprised I haven't seen you yet. And I was like, do I, am I going to AEW? I have no clue what's, what's going on. <laughs> and I love Tony. Um, you see they had Twitter back and forth between Tony and Scott Demore. And I was like, God, what are they doing? Like shots are being fired here. <laughs> Scott Demore is putting up a trophy of the Toronto blue Jays. And like, these are real world championships. You'll never see one shooting at him with the Jaguars. I mean, there's a lot. And then you have television executives involved. I mean, trust me, there's, and when I say television executives, like I had, I was part of a great Christmas party with Anthem. Uh, which owns Impact Wrestling, which owns all real cable companies. And oh, by the way, there's another cable company called, uh, you know, TNT. Turner. Uh, they're this whole other <laughs> thing. And like, 
if you're going to make take a shot at a cable network and I'm literally talking to the owner of this network <laughs> and that person hears that, like you just said what? And oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a billionaire, too. There's so many levels to this. That yeah. could all blow up in everybody's face. But hopefully, hey, we know we have hard to kill and that's what we're going for. Well, this, just that, just this, this like last three minutes just got me more infinite. I was already invested in this storyline, <laughs> but the chaos quotient has just kicked it up about a hundred notches. I, 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 I love it. I love it. And I, and I hope it all works out. But as you said, uh, Tommy, and this is something I'm sure that is all in the back of our minds, just being pro wrestling fans that, you know, uh, egos have ruined you know, these stories before it is a hard thing to keep together. So as I've preached here for many months and, and really years now on this show, uh, just be thankful why it's while it's here. Right. You Absolutely. just, you just Enjoy take what it. we're watching. Exactly. You take it as it comes. And as you said, you got you're worried about hard to kill and That's what we'll focus on. So back to a uh, weekly winner there. As we look at the shows and the week that was in professional wrestling, Tommy going with impact, no qualms for me. As far as that goes, a really engaging, interesting uh, show from impact. And again, as I said, the highest that it's been on my list in terms of even thinking about putting that show into weekly winners. So a really great job from impact, uh, but not, my weekly winner, not my weekly winner, Tommy. Uh, SmackDown, good show, but there is a leveling off happening with SmackDown. And hey, that's to be expected, right? Burning super hot for all those weeks, winning weekly winner time after time after time after time. So uh, good show from SmackDown, not going to get my weekly winner. Tony, uh, here, Tommy, you, I'm looking at Tony Storm here because that's the show I'm about to get to. Tommy, you brought up the words match of the year when talking about that Rich Swan and Chris Bay title match from uh, Final Resolution that went down in Impact, right? Uh, was a great match. It, it, it's certainly in the, for me, the top 10 of matches of the year in North America, no question. But as we talk about match of the year, I, and again, I loved that Swan match there uh, uh, with Chris Bay. I don't think, Tommy, that was the best match of the week. And that speaks volumes to the match that I'm about to get to. NXT, Kyle... O'Reilly versus Pete mother effing Dunn. That match was awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. 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 Awesome match. I could watch the bruiser weight go to war every single week. And Kyle O'Reilly, I mean, just an, an absolute psychopath as well. I love that match. I, I loved how it also came in the middle of the card. Cause Tommy, oftentimes when you have a main event and make no mistake for most of us, and certainly me, that was the main event. When you put it up against the end of the show, you know, when the end is coming, right? You, Cause you're up against the clock. Throwing that match in the middle of the show created, at least to me, Tommy, uh, a, a, a bit of curiosity, a bit of unknown. Uh, that was a really good show. Uh, Blackheart and Hartwell, I thought was good. Karrion Cross just getting back into things in that story that was playing out throughout the show. And then the main event between Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. Just, I mean, the whole show was really solid. But when you have a match of the year contender, and again, in my opinion, the match of the week between Pete Dunn and uh, between Pete Dunn and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Tommy, I have got to go with NXT for my weekly winner. I just, when you have a match that that's good, that's, that's book ended by just other really solid stuff. Plus not suffering from the three hour curse that raw has. And you got that nice solid two hour window, brother, I'm going NXT. A fabulous pick. I, you know what? It's so crazy. Cause I've watched so much wrestling week. 
And I remember saying, God, that match was so good Yeah. to nitpick it. Uh, like I like to do. And when we talk about psychology, if I'm their yeah. agent in the back, they started off punching and they started off going back and forth with punches. And then the rest of it was a wrestling match. Um, I would have gone wrestling and then it breaks down into punching. Okay. That's because you could, you know, UFC style, uh, they do a different style. Those two guys, they have that amateur-esque background. You could go kick, but once you start punching a dude in the face, hockey street style, there's always a technique. If you're going uh, where the only sport where fighting is real would be hockey, it's, okay, you want to go, you want to go. They skate around. They drop their gloves first because you can't fight as well when you have gloves on because why you want to grab the jersey. And they'll grab, they'll lunge at each other if they can, but they're they're looking for an open, and then they'll start exchanging, and then they go for the jerseys to try to end the fight. This, if I'm going wrestling, because I'm a wrestling purist, I'm two guys who have this ability to put on a very very intense pure wrestling match. I wouldn't open up with punches, though they kept up the pace, but. I would have gone with wrestling and then switched it up because now I'm angry and I have to punch you in the face and you have to punch me back in the face. That's why I said for me, Chris Bay and Rich Swan. Yeah. They kept up that pace without stopping the, when you're putting guys in holds, that's a stoppage of the match. So I get it, but that was my only critique of again, a match that was, very, very good. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.